just start with saying that, uh, you know, as an organization, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, Marcus Paul and his family. Um, I know that, you know, a lot of close connections here and, um, you know, just, uh, I'm not sure exactly what the situation is, um, you know, other than it's serious and, um, you know, we're all thinking about him and, you know, just have a ton of respect for uh, for him and all he did for us and just the relationships that we've maintained. Um, you know, moving on to Arizona, and this is a, you know, very uh, explosive football team that's uh, really, um, Cliff's done a great job with, um, you know, molding the team and the, you know, the personality and the, and the type of explosive team that he wants, both offensively and in the kicking game. And, uh, you know, defensively, they, you know, put, you know, do a good job putting pressure on the offense, create negative plays, um, you know, a very good third down, uh, short yardage defense. And um, they, they they do a good job of, um, as I said, just, just making it difficult on the offense with, you know, pressures, safety pressures with, uh, you know, Baker and, um, you know, just causing disruptive plays. Um, kicking game is be one of the one of the best units we've faced all year. Um, they're ex excellent coverage team um, and have very you know very good returners with you know uh, Kirk and Edmonds. So uh, they they can create big plays uh, with their rushes, with their returns, uh, and their coverage units. You know they lead the league in kickoff coverage and you know block punts and and have explosive guys back there. So. Um, Really be a big challenge for us in all three areas of the game, and um, you know the team we're not very familiar with. So spent a lot of time here uh, last couple of days as a coaching staff trying to close the gap, and then um, you know uh, communicate that and show that to our players here, and so we can get started. Uh, you know, have a good productive day today, and you know get things underway. We'll open up with the questions. We'll start with Mike Giardi, followed by Dan Roach. Hey, Bill, I'm curious, uh, what goes into deciding to have a corner travel with receiver and, and what has allowed, I guess, on top of that, Steph to be, you know, pretty effective at that over the last few years? Uh, well, when you set up your defensive game plan, you try to, you know, create advantages for yourself or try to, you know, deal with the things that that your opponent does and there are a lot of things to take into consideration so there are, there are pluses and minuses to to matching up um so if we feel like it's advantageous then you know we would consider it if we don't feel like it's advantageous then you know we wouldn't do it that week so um yeah, so again it's there there are a number of factors that go into that um but i'd say steph overall has done a pretty good job covering just about everybody he's covered so um, you know, I don't think that's a, I don't, I don't think there are too many situations that would, you know, take us out of not wanting to put him on a certain player. Next question, Dan Roach, followed by Mike Reese. Uh, morning, Bill. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, thanks, Dan. You too. Thank you very much. Just a thought, if uh, Julian was still headed in the right direction, the possibility, or you could get a sense that he might start. Uh, on the clock today. Yeah, I think Julian's definitely headed in the right direction. I spoke to him, and you know he's you know, feeling better every day, confident, stronger. And so we'll just take it day by day. Um, 
when when he's ready to go, we'll we'll put him out there. But you know, we don't want to uh, rush it or you know put him out there and and uh, you know and then there's a setback and and then we you know run out of time. So um, when he's when he's ready, um, he'll be back out there. I know he's working very hard. He'll be back out there as soon as he can. Uh, we'll just take that day by day and you know see when see when we all feel like that time is is right. Just a, a thought on the Cardinals and, and what you've seen from Isaiah Simmons as he's gone about his year here. It seems like he's getting more playing time and, and playing better as a rookie here lately. Yeah, they have a good group of linebackers uh, and safeties. You know, some big, big, fast guys that really you know uh, helps them limit any any big plays they get to a lot. You know, uh, Simmons is very fast and athletic, and you know, is, continues to gain experience and get better every week, like like all rookies do, uh, especially with. The, you know the situation this year so um and he's a good player i'm sure he'll continue to get better but he certainly has a lot of speed and length to their defense uh, just a quick note here uh the cliff kingsbury call is going at the same time there's some overflow of this going into the cliff kingsbury call so please lower your volume if you're in this one and the cliff kingsbury call uh next question um will go mike reese followed by chris ryan um, Bill, I just wanted to ask you about Larry Fitzgerald and if you've ever had a chance to spend time with him and and if you have, what have been some of your impressions of just him as a person and of course you mentioned as a player, he's on that top 100 team. Um, be curious for you to elaborate on that if you could. Uh, yeah, well I spent quite a bit of time with Larry. Um, Larry's, you know, very... Uh, Dedicated football player. He works extremely hard. You know, he's very knowledgeable um, in all phases of the game, but particularly passing game and um, techniques, training, fundamentals. Um, he's, you know, he's. Um, I would say to receivers what Peyton Manning, you know, was the quarterbacks in terms of that, you know, type of total uh, obsession of you know knowing everything about. The position and and uh, you know how to you know how to do things and how to and convey those to his teammates. Um, so yeah, I mean he's had tremendous production. I mean other than you know Jerry Rice, um, you know and those two guys are really you know at the top of the top of the production list in just about every area. His longevity uh, has been uh, remarkable, um, and again I think that's a testament to uh, his physical. Uh, training, but he has great awareness and instincts as well as, you know, all the other things that, uh, you know, go with being a, a receiver. He has tremendous hands, concentration, um, ability to make clutch plays and, um, you know, to really match up against most every type of defender, uh, you know, finds a way to win um, with, you know, with the skills that he has and, you know, his style of play. So, um, you know, he's just a tremendous player. He's had a tremendous career. I mean, there's I don't know. I don't know how you could do much more than what he's done for the than the amount of time that he's done it, and he's had a tremendous durability in production. Next question, Chris Ryan, followed by Phil Perry. Morning, Bill. Hey, Chris. Want to ask you a little bit about the the challenges of um, utilizing blitz packages against a guy like Kyler Murray or a quarterback in general who has that ability to. To move and how does that you know change you know, what what you would necessarily like to do in those instances in creating pressure? 
Uh, well, I mean, generally speaking, the more more players you rush, the less space he he has to escape in. Uh, you know, if, if you rush four against five linemen, there's really six gaps. You're defending with four people. You know, if you rush five, then you know it's six gaps of the five people. And if you rush six, then you can theoretically take care of all the gaps. So uh, just you know, depends on what you know what you're trying to do and you know what type of coverage you want to play behind it and so forth. Um, so, you know, there's, there's like I said, plus and minuses to everything. And if you know, the, the more people you rush, then the harder it should be for them to get out. And the fewer people you rush, then, you know, you're probably going to have to deal with some type of extended play. I'm not saying you can't do that. You just have to have a coordination on how you're going to handle it. And finally, the process question, uh, you mentioned that if you're less familiar um, with the team, you spend a little more time as a coaching staff leading into that kind of introductory type of game plan. Is there that much of a difference in the amount of time that you're able to, to dedicate to the specificity of a game plan uh, against a team that you're not as familiar with? Well, I think the teams that you're familiar with, you you're able to game plan maybe a little bit quicker and then, you know, spend more time specifically looking at examples, um, you know, things that apply to the game plan when you, you know, don't know a team quite as well. Uh, you don't want to, you know, put in, put in things and then, you know, later on Tuesday evening or Wednesday or Thursday, find out, uh, you know what, that's, it looked okay. Uh, it looked like a good idea at one point, but now as we dig into it a little bit deeper, you know, this is going to maybe cause more problems than it's going to create. And then you've, you know, wasted time and energy on working on something that, you know, really wasn't probably a good thing to work on. So I think you want to try to avoid that. You know, I think that sometimes the um, game planning decision making uh, may come a little bit later in the in the process with a team you don't know as well as I said, to try to prevent, you know, making a mistake and doing something that you eventually decide is not really what you want to do. Thanks, Bill. Happy that. Next, yep. next question, Phil Perry, followed by Evan Lazar. Hey, Bill, with, with Kyler Murray on the schedule, I know he's, he's on the upper end of the spectrum when it comes to athleticism at that position, but I'm just curious, at quarterback, do you, do you view it as almost a requirement now in 2020 in the NFL for quarterbacks to have a certain level of athleticism? Maybe, you know, I don't know if it's to combat the athleticism that you see from defenses or defensive lines these days, but just feels like there are so many young athletic quarterbacks in the league now. Um, is, is that a requirement in your view, or is it just of the athletes that are playing that position, you know, growing up, I guess, these days? Well, I think each, each player has his own individual, unique set of skills, just like we all we all do. We're all individuals. We're all different. Um, we all have different strengths and weaknesses. Uh, but in the end, you know, we try to evaluate, uh, in this case, the players, the quarterbacks, and and take a look at the composite and you know put some kind of value on it. But you know, every guy is different, so I don't think there's any. You know, unless you just want to, you know, eliminate certain players, then that's you know. You you want to eliminate all players under six one, then then you're going to eliminate a lot of players. You know, how good are they or aren't they? I mean, I don't know. 
you know, you want to eliminate all quarterbacks over 6'6", you know, you can eliminate those guys. Are there some good players in that area? Yeah, there, there probably are, but, you know, if you have a certain philosophy that you don't want to, you know, deal with a certain type of player for whatever reason, then, um, you know, teams certainly can do that and do do that, but I would rather look at the player and try to take, uh, evaluate his, his overall value and what he can do and, and try to find a way to use the skills that he can do. I'll apologize in advance to those we don't get to, but we're going to finish with two questions, uh, one from Evan Lazar and Doug Kide. Hey, Coach, I just wanted to ask you about um, what the Cardinals do with their running game offensively and, and just what you've seen just both out of the Kyler, you know, kind of design runs, but also just the stuff they do with Edmonds and things like that. Uh, well, I'd say they have a core group of runs. You know, the, and, you know, the zone reads a big play for them uh, where you know, the quarterback either gives to the to the back on his own play or keeps it. Um, they also have... Um, they also have some a variety of scheme plays um, and other plays that go with that. Uh, maybe not necessarily, you know, some of the plays that go with his own read, but then there's another, you know, they have another series of plays that are probably game plan specific that they use against, um, you know, certain teams or certain looks that they pick out. Um, and so that's, you know, and the quarterback obviously is a big part of the running game. There are a number of plays that, he has the option to to run the ball or keep the ball. So it's, you know, two plays in one, sometimes three in one. Uh, so uh, that's, you know, that's that's really, I think, how it, you know, how it comes together. Um, Edmonds, you know, is basically, I mean, he, you know, he's going to rotate with Drake. I mean, he's in there, you know, probably a little more in passing situations, but they, they run no huddle and sometimes they don't substitute. And so it's, you can't count on that. Uh, but whenever he's in there, he's productive and they find ways to, you know, incorporate him into, into the game plan with certain plays, specific plays that where he's going to get the ball. Um, but they're both very good with the ball in their hands. And it's two excellent backs that can, you know, do a lot of different things and, you know, events returns kickoffs. So those are other, potential offensive touches for him. Um, but yeah, those, those guys are really good. And last question, Doug Kite. Hi, Bill. Uh, you guys actively did Sonny Michelle, but then he wasn't actually uh, dressed for the game. You referenced earlier not wanting to run out of time with, with Julian. Was that, uh, did that come down to a, a similar circumstance of just not wanting to run out of time before you activated Sonny Michelle? Yeah, well, we had to activate, um, you know, Sony, or he would have, you know, his his time would have expired there. So with Julian, we haven't started the clock on him uh, yet. Um, but again, it's just not really specific to any player. It's just the, I would say, the generally the way that uh, we feel about the situation is, you know, when you put a player out there. You know, you want to be pretty confident that he's healthy and is going to be able to finish his rehab and practice and prepare and be able to play in the game. So if you put him out there too early and then he's not quite ready yet or he has a little setback that, you know, maybe takes a week or 10 days to 
kind of get him back to where he was, then your three-week window expires, and then, you know, he's not ready, and you have to make a decision as to whether you want to put him on the roster or not. That's not really where you want to, the position you want to be in. So uh, sometimes those things happen, and they're out of your control. You know, you think they're ready, and then something happens, and there's, you know, a delay in the progress. Um, But I think if you're not totally confident that, that you know, it, it would almost have to be a new injury uh, to occur, as opposed to a a setback on the current one that you're dealing with. That you know, that that's really where you want to be. You want to be confident that the injury that he's coming out of is you know ready for the demands that you're going to put on. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, coach. Thanks, everyone.